to Disturbing Your Peace. Hi everyone, welcome back to Disturbing Your Peace. I'm your co-host, Zaytun. And I'm Ahlam. I'm Sundas. And today we're back with an amazing guest and a friend of ours, Najma. Thank you for the opportunity, guys. Hi, guys. <laughs> yeah, we're recording this at like 9 a.m., like super, super early in the morning. So we're, I, I literally just woke up from my dream of this dude smoking. So we're trying to be on the same level <laughs> as everyone, but we're here and we're happy. And today we're going to be talking about? Uh, we're going to be talking about like side hustle culture, the toxic obsession, I would say, with like, like starting a business. So me, Sunus, and Nejma were sadly victims of this culture. Um, we were going to be talking about our experience last year running a, a marketing agency, an influencer management company called Thurkid Culture, and a food company called Sambusa. So we're just going to be talking about like, you know, our experience, uh, things that disturbed our peace with our experience, how we preserve our peace, because, you know, you'll find out why we're not business owners anymore, I guess. So yeah, we're super excited. So yeah. basically... Um, as Ahlam introduced the topic, we basically ran two companies or businesses. And one thing that really disturbed my peace about doing um, or, you know, subscribing to like the hustle, the grind, all of that um, is basically social media and social media normalizing, um, overworking yourself. Like people would be posting on Instagram. I stayed up all day today working. And I would think to myself, if I'm not up all night, I did not do a good job. Like mm. that's literally how I would you know, that's what I would think. So how did you guys um, kind of, like, how did that play out in your lives? Like overworking yourself? Honestly, for me, I would say it wasn't the best thing ever. Um, during the time when we were doing Third Kid Culture, like at first, luckily I wasn't taking any classes. So while I wasn't like hustling, hustling, it was like, I only have one thing to focus. But during like the second quarter, I started taking classes. It wasn't it. Mentally draining. Never had time to do anything for myself. It was just get up in the morning, go to class, figure out what we're doing for Third Kid Culture Sambusa. Let's get these people. It was just tiring, exhausting, mentally and physically draining. It really wasn't it. If you could, I know a little bit because I'm friends with y'all. I hope I'd like to think I'm friends with y'all. Um, but for the people that don't know, could you guys take us a bit back about and give us a little history of Third Kid and of Sambusa, how you guys got together, what the vision was, or um, how you even came to, um, like, fell victim to um, the toxic hustle culture? Um, I could start. For some reason, I would say, like, sophomore year, I was, like, under this impression, like, that I cannot work for anybody. So I was like, I need to start a business. And then I was close friends with Simpson and Nejma and I talked to them and they were on the same like wavelength. So like, I literally had this like, I would judge people like who would like commit to working for corporate America, which I do now, so it's like awkward. But like, I remember I would be like, can never be me, like, whoa, like that's childish. Um, and then, so me, Simpson and Nejma, um, do a lot of marketing already for a lot of like organizations and like um rso's were a part of like student organizations or like nonprofits and stuff like that so we just felt like oh like a lot of people already use us for these services like why not start a company around it mm-hmm. um which is why we did third good culture and then um we were kind of passionate about like muslim representation in the media which is why we started influencer management um because i feel like we were um first-time founders as black muslim women our experience was 10 times different um so it was like it was a lot just like starting and like continuing to get clients. Cause like, obviously like the world of business is super male dominated and it's super like whitewashed. So it was, it was super hard. And I think since our Nej- Nejma can um, talk about why we started Sambusa. 
Uh, Sambusa honestly was just like a idea that like me and Susan just at first were talking about it. You had an event I have, I remember, and you're like, oh, come on, guys, bring some food or something like that. So me and Susan just were like, why don't we just bring Sambusas? But like, we we're selling our Sambusas at the event, and then everyone's like, wow, you guys make really good Sambusas. And I'm like, you know what, you know, this Sambusa thing could pop off. And like, at first, it was just an idea for hell of it. And then afterwards, we talked with you, Ahlam, and I was like, y'all can make good money off of this. And we're like, why not? And then the first pop-up shop we ever had was at like a cafe, Resistencia, I believe, mm-hmm. cafe. Honestly, like, it was kind of like complicated at first starting it, but then it was so easy afterwards, like in the middle of the run when everything was getting off the floor. And then afterwards, it was just like, you know, it's kind of too much doing school and doing third gift culture and doing Sambusa. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like, that's much, like, it was kind of complicated a little bit. Yeah. Do you think, like, our generation is obsessed with, like, finding a side hustle or, like, overworking themselves? Like, why do you think we're so obsessed with it? Because, like, even for us, like, I feel like it was so hard for us to explain, like, because we were, like, physically, mentally, spiritually drained, but we still mm-hmm. wanted to continue. Yeah, I mean, for us, it was, like, I feel like just, like, growing up, you want something that you, like, own yourself, and, like, for me, it was, like, at first, like, I always, like, it was, like, I'm not gonna get nine to six. I feel like still to this day, sometimes I still think about it, like, I wake up, I'm, like, I gotta go work for corporate America, and I'm, like, okay, let me just do this. I get tired of it, and then the reason why, like, I really wanted to do Sambusa and third food culture was just, like, owning something that's mine, and later on, it's, like, quote-unquote generational wealth, like, gonna be my thing you know and sometimes you forget like you can still work for corporate america and still do your own quote-unquote side hustle or like just do you just don't drain yourself and like going like i have to do it when i turn like 22 23 um i'm gonna have a big car big house you know big rings (laughs) (laughs) period you get the reference you get it (laughs) (laughs) it was just like that idea and like your mind uh, concept of like, I don't want to sit down, do nothing while you're like going to classes and like trying to figure out what you want to do in life. You have that little break and you think having that little break is like not quote unquote accepted is what mostly reason why I was like, I need a hustle. Yes. Yeah. And to get, yeah. Job insecurity. I feel like right now we live in a time where it's like, Mm -hmm. especially for millennials and Gen Z, we don't have the same security that, you know, boomers had. We have to think about, okay, can I actually even get a job after graduation? Can I, could, is this going to be paying me well? Is it going to be stable? Because we see people who are like boomers and Gen X, they work for the same company for like 40, 50 years, 30 years. I don't really see that. There's not a lot of commitment that we have to like companies mm-hmm. because those co- companies don't have the same commitment to us. And a lot of people are realizing that now, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that's a part of it as well. Also, the other thing is, uh, two things, I feel like a lot of times, like, Gen Z, like, we struggle with patience, like, we want things really fast, like, there's, I know you guys all seen those YouTube commercials, yeah. find out how I make $100,000 a year doing nothing, this is my house, this is my car, Ty Lopez guy, but, like, people like him, it's like, you constantly see this, and you're like, why can't I have that, and he, they make it look like it's, like, fast, fast, but to be honest, like, running a business mm-hmm. is how, like, to give context, like, I would wait, we would wake up around, like, 5, 6 a.m., we would sleep around 3. Mm-hmm. and we would and it's not fun it's 
business is a surface-based job. I feel like a lot of Gen Zs forget, like we're all hikey Karens. Like we, like, you want just to make money and chill, but it's like, you got to be dealing with clients. You're getting cussed out. You're getting yelled at. You're, you're, you're in tough like deadlines. Like it's so intense. And especially like doing school, it's like your professors are not going to wave because you're starting a business. Like that's what everybody in the class is doing. We're like, going to work as well. Cause we mm-hmm. still work for corporate America while we're doing this too. Mm-hmm. Like we needed to make, actual money because <laughs> that's the thing like running a business you don't make profit for a while t- a long time um mm. in our case you barely made profit um but um but like it's like people forget that like you you have to you give up so much of your time and you actually have to be passionate about this mm. if you're watching these little commercials on how to do shopify like facebook ads and all these things unless you're super passionate about it you're gonna give up it's not what it's not your calling and i think that's something our generation struggles with the question i had for you Najma, was um why do we try to like monetize our hobbies do you think like i think a lot of times like let's say today i like find out that i like jump roping tomorrow as a gen z i want to start a jump roping company it's like we try to like monetize our hobbies so quick without actually realizing that this is the shit we like that makes sense i can't make sense because for me i love like video editing and like editing photos and all that kind of stuff and like at first like i loved it and low-key like the first thing I thought is like, how do I make bank off of this? Like, there's people that make content creating, like, let me just try to make some money off of it. I feel like it's just back to things like growing, the way you were like raised. For me, it's like, not like, my mom was all about the hustle hustle, but not like that kind of hustle. Um, and just growing up thinking like, I can make money off of like my hobbies is like iconic. Like at that time I was like, I make money, I'm doing what I love, it's good. I feel like, as you like do it and like see how things are you just realize that you just want it as a hobby you don't want to make money off of it you just want to keep it to like quote unquote something innocent like it's just I don't want to work with people when I work with people it's like quote unquote what I'm doing and then they're like I don't like this can you redo it again and you're just sitting there like oh okay I thought it was kind of cute it takes the it takes the like fun out of yeah. why it started in the first place. Mm-hmm. Recently, like a couple months ago, I just randomly I act on impulse. Um, decline. Someone just called me. Anyways, uh, <laughs> my bad. Um, yeah. So recently, just a couple months ago, I started like I just randomly bought an embroidery kit on on Amazon, and then I just started embroidering like just for fun, and I started making like things that I like, and you know. I, I I know it's not a, a ill intention and I had the same thought as well, but a lot of people were like, um, oh, why don't you sell this to people? And, you know, sometimes I still have the thought because it's like if you're able to do something and you're able to like take white people's money because, you know, other people are the ones that um, <laughs> want your like exotic little things that you make anyways, why not make it, right? But mm-hmm. I also feel like at the same time, it really like – the the need the constant need to monetize 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 off of the things that you enjoy really takes not only the enjoyment out of it but it also takes the purpose out of it because mm-hmm. it, it diverts from your original purpose of why you were doing what you're doing really mm-hmm. exactly and it also the main thing that disturbs my piece about the whole side hustle culture and all this element that i fall victim to was how it increases your imposter syndrome so you like like this hobby you feel like you're really good at graphic design you feel like you're really good at let's say public speaking and the moment you monetize it and you constantly you constantly get questioned about your ability you start questioning yourself on every aspect of your life um like i think going to pwi um at the time I already have suffered from imposter syndrome. So the moment that like I started doing third kid in Sambusa and people were constantly questioning you and your mm-hmm. ability and like saying, Oh, I don't like how you do it. I don't think you guys are successful, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, 
we'll talk about this, but I feel like you see true colors. Like there's a hadith or something about like you see people's true colors when you do business. And I believe that hadith wholeheartedly. Like I like people like started questioning yourself and they don't think that your their words mean anything to you. But like I literally like bro like I suffered from imposter syndrome like last year. I was struggling to like function. Like I would like hyperventilate. I would be like flustering. I was so flustered. Like I was always questioning myself. Like things that I've known I could do. Like send a damn email. I would like screenshot it, send it to the Najma, send those both of them. I'm like, oh my God, is this okay? Like, and it was like, it was just so much anxiety driven because it's like people are constantly questioning you, which they kind of have every right because they're paying for it. But with our client, the demographic we're serving, they were more, I would say need-based. Like they were asking for more for the what we're getting in return exactly and also like remember we did this we actually um changed our names to um (laughs) we changed our names to like but basically like we changed our names to like white names because we're like this is going to help us and it kind of did i feel like people like taking more seriously when they like or we started seeing more interns as well Mm -hmm. because people started taking us taking us more seriously at that point but like you also realize, like Adam said, people's true colors come out when you like do business with them. Like, people really start sucking you dry when they realize that you're young, you're black, mm-hmm. you're you you're kind of like you're hungry. You're like, I really want this. This is something that's going to help me out and it, my business. So you're you're like willing to do like anything basically to put this in your portfolio. They kind of take advantage of that, and we're able to see that. Um, and then at the same time, I get it. They're paying well, they should be paying for the service and they don't show gratitude sometimes. And you're just kind of like, okay. Mm-hmm. Also, a lot of the clients we had quote unquote were community leaders and people that like some of us already looked up to. So it's like, oh my gosh, like this person like wants to join my business or wants to become my client. I'm excited. But it's like, when you start working with them, it's a hard pill to swallow when you realize these people ain't shit. Like they're not what they preach. Like a lot of them preach, you know, girl empowerment, women empowerment, but it's like, you're not even paying, paying a female owned business the mm-hmm. services that you promised them, for instance, or for how much they're worth. You're like, as you're like asking for more. And a lot of times it's like people, these are doctors, lawyers, you know, community, like people like a lot of people look up to. And it's so sad. Once you start doing business with them, you see a different light to them. You exactly. see a whole different picture with them. And it's like, wow. Like I, and I think what their kids tell me is like, I don't want to become that person. Like I really don't want to become a two-faced essentially mm-hmm. like be honest in your business that's like one of the things that islam preaches it's like one of the like main like what prophet Muhammad would always tell people is like if you're doing business do it honestly and it's like mm-hmm. a lot of people a lot of people are not doing that a lot of people and it, shows, and it shows and it shows i don't like ugly god don't like ugly that part i'm really curious about how um because you know you guys are talking about um how you as a group have experienced how others do business what about internally, you know, because because you have like all these high standards that you set for yourself in a group setting and in a, like a company setting um, as friends, how did your relationship have to change? And what were your ex- uh, expectations for one another as colleagues? I would say for us, it was just setting up understanding we had responsibilities like just knowing not to take anything personal we kind of meshed well we understood like these are things we need to get done and like if like Hanam says hey Nejma I need it done by tonight like I'd be like all right cool no worries I understand that I remember at some point Hanam got was like I don't know I don't want to boss people around and like we just were like girl don't even worry like honestly truly understand it's just like a business and like just setting up rules knowing what needs to be done and then like I felt like the first couple months it was just like we kept like following each other around like Ahlam would say something but like 
we'll do something else. It wouldn't work out. So this will say something and we'll do something else. But like we sat down together, talked things, talked about roles, talked about the importance of like just communication, like really communication was really important. And then after we figured that out, everything was like a solid good. It was like no issues whatsoever. And we also like in the beginning when we first started working together, we would like come together and then we'd just talk about something else and then we yeah. wouldn't really get a lot done. And then we re- like after I, re- I started realizing that it became easier for us to like all work without like getting distracted. Um, so yeah, like I think that like the most important thing about, I realized that like running a business is a lot of people don't get along with their co-founders or the people they work with, um, which makes it like so hard to work and like, you know, run your business and alhamdulillah for us it was so nice because we were friends before like a lot we went to some school together like we've known each other for years and like our loyalty was there so it's like if a client starts bashing one of us to to uh us we still had each other's back so it wasn't like you know nobody can like take us apart but the other thing is alhamdulillah i would say like a lot of us were muslims so i just felt really like comfortable having like two muslim co-founders who like you know had good morals when you were not going to take the shortcut we're not going to lie who did you know had good morals and good ethics so when things got you know harsh and stuff like that I knew they were not gonna you know take the easy way out and like Nejma said it best it was kind of awkward like working with friends because like you know you just come and you just want to talk about the shows you're watching well at the time we did not watch no shows but you know oh, yeah, we used about... to... oh my god we used to be like could you believe people are watching now <laughs> <laughs> yeah we Me. used to judge I'm people we used to judge people who watch Netflix we used to judge people who like went out a lot like we're like yeah not even like with the grind like that's why you're broke like wallahi it was so toxic like uh. we like would talk about me we're like let's say we would talk about like honestly like we would only talk about our clients so like or like if we're talking it was like what we were eating like it was like so dry conversations were so like oh we would laugh that off like it would be 12 a.m we're on a FaceTime group call trying to fix work and stuff like that and like we have clients all over the world like some of our clients were in the UK like Mm-hmm. You know, it was we had like different times. We had to figure out the time zones and all yeah, that. Yeah, it was a hot mess. It was literally a hot mess. I do not wish. I do not wish third culture on my worst enemy. Like I swear, I don't. Mm. Maybe one person, but I feel like if we just honestly, truly, it could have worked <laughs> if we just knew how to hey, prioritize our self care and like mm. be just choose the right people. Like honestly, yeah. like we had just... good people. We had a mix of bad people. It was just like mm-hmm. the hustle was not it. Mm-hmm. 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 also like i think another thing that was like crazy about the whole entire uh, the whole entire situation was we were in school so that really like yeah and working kind of i don't know what thought i don't know what we thought to do work uh, america like i was so confused a nine to six and then also like do this thing with our kid culture and then go to class and also go to a fucking concert like how did that all work together? Oh, <laughs> also, Sambusa. So it was like, it was, and I'll say I had an internship at the time with the airline. So I was out every weekend. I was exactly. at a different city every weekend. And it was like, it was honestly like looking at 2020, 2019 was definitely the best year of my life and the worst year, I would say, just because like it was a lot of things I had to learn. Like, I think we learned a lot from ourselves, but it was mm-hmm. a blessing in disguise because like we got so much skills. Like, our resume is popping for the next 10 years. I'm telling you right now, every mm-hmm. skill I have, I have it. Like we, you, you become self-taught with everything. Like you just teach yourself so much things. You also mm-hmm. learn how to work with people. You also learn how to become a Karen and like step, like, you know, step your ground. Cause I feel like a lot of times as young girls were raised to be like, you know, respecting authority and being quiet and not like demanding. But I feel like mm-hmm. when you, when you start like, you know, you're a business owner, you, you start learning how to like 
work around authority and also like make it clear you're not gonna like allow disrespect and also like you start like you just you you know random facts about the law like you there's so much things that you learn and I feel like in like 30 years when I'm telling in 30 years I'm not gonna have grandkids but like in 60 years if I do have grandkids I'll it's random facts you're gonna tell them which is nice but Mm -hmm. as Nedjima said I wish we prioritize our self care our mental mm-hmm. health these are two things that the hustle culture does not promote though mm-hmm. it's a lot of times it's like white straight guys who probably got a loan from mom and dad who are making these commercials making these courses like we took a we paid like over over a thousand dollars for a damn course i didn't teach us shit other than like mm-hmm. um you know what i mean like it's like these courses and it's like a lot of times they forget to prioritize how to like mentally and physically function in the society that you're in you know what i mean and i think that you also, they try to remove morals. Like, business, if you don't, okay, I'm not saying if you're not Muslim, but if you don't have good morals, good akhlaq, good characters, you can be the most fucked up business owner. Like, there's so much ways you can take shortcuts. There's so much ways you can, like, uh, play people. Mm-hmm. And I think that for us, like, because we're a Muslim and, you know, we fear Allah, we fear God, we decided just to be good humans. Because, like, you have so much power at times. You have so much times where you can like lie to people. You can charge them so much because they're super gullible. They don't know what they're doing. But I think that if you, when you are a God-fearing person, and I think Mm -hmm. like for me, like all of us, fraud and like taking the shortcut was a non-negotiable for us. Like that's something we agreed with. And I think having co-founders that like believe the same things you believe is so important because your company will be ran the way you went around because you agree on the same things. Like Mm -hmm. we, like, you know, like, I don't know, like, it was us three and we did have interns and we did have other friends who worked with us and like, you know, they came in and they came out, but all in all, like we respected each other and like, we, you know, we feared God. I think that was such an important thing for all of us fearing God because the people we work with, I can't say that for them. I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm screaming. Um, so you guys said you're former um, business owners. Could you tell us a little bit about what the, what the process was to finally deciding to like, oh, this business, she's closed down. Um, I felt like at the time, me and I don't know if Halam did also had like a family emergency. So like I was in Ohio when um, I decided like I was gone for like I had to be gone for like a whole month. And I was letting them know like I might not be able to like continue working for the entire month. And then while I was at there for the entire month, I think we had a like a phone meeting just talking about like, we're done like mentally training, we should take a break. We'll see how things come back after like a couple of months from now or like a month. School's about to start. Let's just see how things quote unquote work. It was a hands last year for like just see we'll see if like the stars align. Like let's just yeah. see what happens. And like honestly, like that one month that I was like gone on my family emergency was like I felt relaxed. I didn't have to wake up early in the morning. I didn't have to figure out what photo shoot I need to get, figure out what to need to be, what's need to be done. Cause I was doing mostly the creative work, all that kind of stuff. Like I didn't have to figure out all those kinds of stuff anymore. Just waking up and like doing me was just like the best thing ever. And not like mm-hmm. thinking about what do we gotta do today? What do we gotta do tomorrow? Oh my God, did you post that yet? Did you do that? It was like a good like month break. And then we just came back together and we were just like, do we really want to continue it? Like we yeah. sat down with each other. Like, is it really, was it like really worth it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was like this one particular, actually, no, there was a lot of things that happened, but then something was like, basically the cherry on the top. Yeah. yeah. It brought up, like broke the camel's back. back. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for uh, also like um, for me it was my last year at uni. So I was doing recruiting. So like, October and November, I was doing heavy recruiting. So it was like, 
I like was staying up like later than usual. I was practicing for interviews and stuff like that. So I was like, you know, I really just need this time off to like, you know, focus on these interviews because I really want to work at these companies. And then I was talking to mentors and stuff like that. And I was like, ooh, I was like, I'm not sure if I really continue. And then like an incident did happen and it was like dealing with this clients. You get tired though. If you're working with clients for six, seven months and the same bullshit you're dealing with, you just need time off. And then it was November, December and holidays were coming up. We just took time off. I took my, you know, my Euro trip lovely had a great time it was just so nice to like just be young again like I remember I was telling, I had to call a few mentors because we had a hundred like I think one of the biggest blessings is we met like amazing mentors and people who actually cared about us who taught us so much so I remember I had to call a few people to let them know you know I'm gonna be we're gonna be taking time off and a lot of them was like yeah I feel like you know you guys should be young and my excuse was like I really want to be a normal average 21 year old who's living her life living enjoying her last senior year and I'm so happy I did that because if I was living like this in corona hit I would have been like done for so I'm so happy from like October until March I was just an average 21 year old living my best life like you know going out with friends getting boba with our friends going to the masjid and I think that like something that we like obviously like when you're so busy like a lot of things hit the backbone and I think for me it was my faith like right I don't know in 2019 well last time I went to a mosque like maybe when I was traveling I'll go to a masjid just for you know photos and stuff like that but like it, I never went to the masjid I was not part of no I'm, we'll talk about that in a religious thing but you know what I mean like I I struggled greatly like you know religious wise like it was just like I was I was holding on to Islam like this because that was it was everything was coming before that especially our family relationships mm-hmm. our friendships too like alhamdulillah we're all friends and that's it but we literally like we're not able to hang with none of our friends we were not able to do anything because we were so busy. And it's so toxic because your friends know, like, you know, when well, somebody invites you, you know, you're never going to cancel, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm so happy that, like, you know, we decided. It was so funny. We said we we're going to take a break. And then as time went by, we just, like, it never still, looked we're back. We're still on a break. We're still we're, on a break. Technically, we're still on a break. But I will not be going back. Life is great here. And I think that, like, um, last year, I had to go to therapy because I needed it. I had so much panic attacks, so much anxiety. I remember mm-hmm. I would wake up, email up uh, my therapist, and I would be freaking out because of another panic attack because of how stressed I was. And alhamdulillah, from like the time we closed third kid until now, I have not suffered from a panic attack. I have not yeah. woke up like good eating. Obviously, there's other things that I should work on. And I need to go back to therapy, but like it was so nice to like be like not drained physically, like. Um, like since and I always talk about this, but like we're able to start taking better of our wellness, start working out more, start eating right more. Like, you know, and a lot of times, like I was reading somewhere, you carry trauma without knowing. So physically you feel it without your brain clocking. Like I would wake up constantly physically tired and physically in pain. Um, and it, we didn't know, like, I didn't know what that was, but it was like the mm. amount of stress we're a part of. Like, it was just so much. I think that like, if you, my biggest advice for it, if somebody's if you, like right now looking into a business is honestly, like, just take time off and like don't rush to launch like if it's meant to you like you know god will give you your blessings and you'll be successful but i would say like study the game like job shadow people who are doing similar things you want to do like find mentors like develop your skills and i'm not saying we didn't have the skills but i wish that we just like didn't like throw ourselves into it like we've we launched we have all these clients and we were forced to like Mm -hmm. learn the hard way Yeah. yeah We basically started from, we started backwards, kind of. Uh, That's Mm. I like to think, kind of started backwards. But like the anxiety attacks, you know, it's crazy. I remember one day I was meeting up with Ahlam and I was like, oh, I have this note. I had an anxiety attack. I got this note from my doctor. She goes, oh my God, me too. And I I was like, oh my God, this is 
insane. Like this is toxicity. Toxic. <laughs> wow. No, literally, bro. And then like we would con like remember since the cinema, like we would always have to be looking for Starbucks that closed at like twelve a.m. one exactly, a.m. would be like yeah. greeting, wow. like hated it. My mom said, "Yeah, so patai." She really didn't know what I was doing. She didn't. Understand yeah. It. And I was like always like I gotta go meet some people. Who are you meeting <laughs> at a cafe at ten p.m.? Like you're still at a cafe. What are you doing? You're yeah. screaming. Like, like, at our mentor's house. <laughs> Nine p- ten p.m. Like who's at someone's house? Ten p.m. Eleven p.m. Bro. <laughs> I was at your house until like two three a.m. Just. Mm-hmm. Cute yeah and oh, alhamdulillah our parents were really supportive like although they didn't know what the hell was going on like my mom was literally asking questions yeah my mom used to call me a slave she thought about like i was like why are you doing that but wow. it was like super toxic so i mm-hmm. agree so you niggas were llc twitter in real life you niggas were brunch with jay-z twitter in real life <laughs> we were we were we were steve harvey rich people don't sleep eight hours rich people don't sleep eight hours i promise you that Mm-hmm. That and that's a lie they do I feel like i've never had alhamdulillah i don't know i feel like i have the opposite problem because i'm super anti-work like i don't believe in working i just want to relax i'm 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 running on vibes bro we're on the same boat now we're on the same boat now <laughs> bro oh my gosh one of my mentors you guys know what i'm talking about right every, every other month he goes are you still above i'm like yeah i'm still bumming it still didn't recover from that break it's literally been almost a year now and it's like i have no regrets and like Everybody, I think, like, is happy that I have no regrets. But it's, like, I went from being a workaholic to, like, mm-hmm. you know, waking up any... Like, I wake up sometimes and I have nothing on my schedule. Most days, actually. That's and good. I'm, like, wow, this is so... Well, it's hard to blessing. digest that part, too. Just waking mm-hmm. up and just remembering, like, I I don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. This day, sometimes I'm like, I should do something. I'm, like, no, no. We didn't have bills to pay. We didn't have to be, like, oh, my God, let me contact this cap. It was just... It was so nice to wake up and there was... I didn't have people calling my phone. I didn't have blowing people blowing phone. my phone. Blow, thank you. That's blowing up my phone. I didn't have. Hey, oh, God for beards, God for beards. Nine hundred fifty-six missed calls. Um, like it was so bad, bro. And then like, or people like, I think for me, it's like I have to get off social media because I just can't stake fakeness. Like I just can't stand people like living two lives and stuff like that. Mm. And I was like, you know what? Like I'm gonna let you do your thing. But I'm gonna remove myself because I cannot. So I, a lot of people like question, like you ran like a basically a social media company and you refuse to be on social media now. And why is that? And I'm like, it's the build up trauma. It's the trauma. Every time I'm on social media, I think I have to run a Facebook ad. I have to run an Instagram ad. Like, bro, what do you want me to do? I don't know why. Like, it's trauma. Like, traumatizing. It's very triggering also because you see people who are like, oh my god, they're so successful and they're only 24 years old. They're just like, oh my god, what am I doing wrong? And you're mm-hmm. like. Exactly. how can i catch up i have to play a game of catch up but That's it's a lie true. it's all a lie like yeah. you just understand that part it's like just seeing their life it's all been a lie it's like, a just- lie nobody nobody shows you when they're crying like we didn't show it like at 2 a.m when we were crying we we're having like mental breakdowns and like calling each mm. other we do not document that for instagram we only documented when we're at a fancy event with pult or we're exactly. at a, a cool net we're at a cool networking event or yeah. something like that that's the mm. only time we would like nobody broadcast their struggles mm-hmm. all these like big like all these business owners tell them to 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 show you their income to show you their you know their expenses to show you their actual schedules because and how they it doesn't add up because i thought i was going crazy a lot of people who i talked to like the thing is our industry was male dominated and i feel like Mm -hmm. male lie men lie they are cappers the way they go yeah it's hella easy me and the bros are doing it we're killing it and i'm like go to my sehatin go to my sehatin I want to know how are you doing all that because it doesn't add up I'm only human 
exactly. I think that, I think something that really preserved my peace, two things, is that like alhamdulillah, I was able to meet like amazing mentors and people who supported me with whatever I decided to do. Um, and being there for me and helping me understand that like, you know, I am young and I do have time to make mistakes. I do have time to like, you know, deal with the reality of failing, quote unquote, and also like coming to terms with failing. Like, yeah, because we close our businesses as society, we are failures. But I think, no, I think that we gain a bigger blessing and we gain more success using um, our self-care and our mental health over society's norms. And I think when you say fuck you to um, toxic culture and like toxic hustle culture, you win at the end of the day, because at the end of the day, I wake up happier. I wake up healthier. I wake up, um, alhamdulillah, like just feeling 10 times better. Whereas somebody who last year me um, woke up 10 times hard, but as a, like worse, but society was like happy for me. You go, girl. You out here making, you're making us proud. Whereas it's like I was dying. Like I was actually dying. So. Yeah. Something similar to that, like what preserves my peace about the whole situation was like, I learned so much skill where I'm like, oh my God, I am able to do all of this. I never thought I would be able to do this. So like, you know, our portfolios look pretty good. So that preserves my peace. I'm like, you know, and also I understand what, how I work well. Like I know that like, I know that I'm going to need to work in corporate America probably forever. And I've come to terms with that. But also, Sundus, that's okay. I feel like we forget that some people like structure. And mm-hmm. some people like having a nine-to-five where they have structure, have time for their loved ones, get a paycheck. And maybe in the 30 years' time, they find a passion and they can start their own business. And I think we should start normalizing that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that a lot, a lot of times we guilt trip, like, low-income POCs to think that they need to start a company when the playing field is not the same. Mm-hmm. I Maybe mean, you're competing with John. John got a million-dollar loan from his dad. He's chilling for the next five years. Yeah, he can definitely. mess around, but, you know, whereas us, it's like we have families who depend on us. When we get our degree, mm-hmm. we're trying to get out of poverty. Exactly. And to get out of poverty, you need to subscribe to 9 to 5. I'm sorry. And I think mm-hmm. it's a hard pill to swallow, but we should start normalizing it. And I think love – utilizing structure your mental health and your well-being should not make should you should not make people feel bad for choosing that like like right now i'm subscribed to nine to five i love it i can hang out with my friends i can watch movies i can watch netflix let me talk about that netflix guys had that love island oh my god i subscribe to love island i watch how many seasons i watch so much shows i watch so much like we started this like you start like distributing your piece is so fun it's like just me talking to three of my friends you know what i mean and inviting mm-hmm. my cool other friends who i started businesses with it's a blessing like so don't feel bad if you need to you know swallow the hard pill and be like this is not for me i got to walk out i got to do it Adam, you're really spitting right now you should monetize this and make a course <laughs> <laughs> we got what a lot of things under our belt what um uh preserves your piece what preserves my piece honestly i'm I'm sorry to say this, but low-key, sometimes the hustle kind of makes me feel happy sometimes. But it's just really just finally a perfect balance. Take a break. Like Ahram says, like, you don't have to launch right then and there because it's specifically coming from a low-income household. Honestly, like, I do believe one day I can open my own cafe, but I ain't going to do that in the next 10 to 15 years. And I know I want it in 10 to 15 years because I still need to work for my nine-to-five. It's just honestly finding a a great balance and self-care like really really take a break just wake up do your work go back to sleep don't even do your work honestly it's it's rona what work are you doing you're in a global pandemic <laughs> relax just take relax. a break stay home stay safe honestly just 
balancing between quote unquote your hustle life and your personal life just find a great balance for it yeah definitely I think for me, the thing that preserves and disturbs my peace at the same time is the idea or the notion of failure, really, because I think people like attribute like you failing at something to that failure consuming your life and you becoming that failure, which I really don't believe I don't subscribe to, especially since like ever like growing up, I had this immense fear of failure. Like I felt like I couldn't like like I would do stuff like at the last minute and still like try to do it perfectly. Like no matter whether I started, like when it was first given to me this task, whether it's in school or in personal life, or it was given to me like, like very limited time. I was like, no, I have to do it nice. Cause I was like, I don't know. I, I was, I would thrive off those compliments. I feel like that was like, kept my engine going. Cause I was like, but the thing is that like, why would some, something someone else says about me really like determine who I am, you know? Um, so you know, like, fuck people who think, like, failure is something that's all-consuming and that becomes you. I should write a book. Failure does not become you. Mm. What the mm. hell, Michelle? Bobby, you better watch out. You better, First, podcast, you better sell that book. You better First, sell that book. First, a podcast. <laughs> I better sell that book. Now I'm going to give you the PDF for free. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, for real. Uh, what did UW say? Fail forward? Fuck that shit. <laughs> but for real, though, they're, they're off to something. <laughs> think, or some shit. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, they also have, I think it's for uh, failing people that they have a fail forward motto. Uh, maybe I just received that. I don't know. <laughs> no. Bro, you, I know UW was disappointed that I failed. They said, you failing in other aspects of life and not just Chem 142? Next caller. Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> No, but shout out to failure. Back. I feel like that's the only way. Like I think I said in, in our self care podcast too, um, mm. our self care episode is that like you're gonna fail no matter what. You're gonna fail in one aspect or another, and the only thing that you could do is learn something from it and move forward. Because that mm. failure does not define you unless you let it define you. And mm. I think the thing about um, like hustling and grinding and just grinding away until your only bone to your twenties is not only so toxic and unhealthy, but also it's like the tomorrow is not promised mm-hmm. the tomorrow mm-hmm. that you're working for is not promised so mm-hmm. today, tomorrow should not come at the expense of today mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the other thing is i think a lot of times like as a person of faith i think i wish people understood that like god is truly the best planner so you should not rush what god already destined for you you should mm-hmm. just like work and like trust that he's gonna bless you and also like if you're doing business and like you know you feel like people are hurting you or harming you like i would say don't take no actions in our in our in our way god did it all for us god took the action god hates ugly and if somebody is you know cutting corners and affecting you financially don't even fight them because elahi will literally have something coming their way and sometimes a little too soon and expect it and that's god like i feel like always remind yourself that like Elahi is the best planner and allah does not like ugly and if you are facing ugly from people you know allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect you because he hates injustice i think that's something that like i wish a lot of people Plus, culture will never do that. But like, as people of faith, I think you need to hone in and come back to your religion and whatever you believe in, and understand that like you know you shouldn't rush what God already has destined for you. And and then if you make dua, Allah is either going to give it to you in this life, He's going to decline it because it's bad for you, or Habibi Yom Al you're going to be popping, you're going to be a gayrivi in Yom Al Qiyamah, gayrivi I promise you. Even even like the opposite could be said. The same thing could be said for people who are doing you wrong. Like if it doesn't, if God does not get them in this life, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How was that? Which means in Somali, think about your afterlife because mm-hmm. God, you have something coming. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That's also threatening, but um, <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, um, like I wish well for everyone. Honestly, that's one thing that I'm always going to like. That's one thing that I'm always going to say. I wish well for everyone, but mm-hmm. at the same time, if you're a person who like cuts corners, does mm-hmm. things that are like, or like you do something to people that's wrong, like Dean Ahan, like God is gonna get you. But yeah, yeah I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna start crying because things are going left for you. I'm actually gonna smile. And say, may Allah make yeah. it better. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah, just honestly, same thing with Sundas. I do wish everyone well, but at the same time, I'm with Ahlan Loki, because, like, <laughs> like, people just take your ideas, and, like, you got to sit there, and, like, obviously, like, you can do things about it if you want to, but it's just going to look ugly at the end for both of you guys. Either you just, like, walk away from it, and you tried your best, the person still can't register it. And you just walk away, take your losses. Don't try to add more into it. Because later on, wallahi, God will come through. Like, I hated that thing, like, you can rest later. Like, Zaytun said, you're not, what is later? Like, you're not going to make it till tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's what I hated about the hustle life. And especially, like, also working with, like, quote-unquote people. Just remember, like, even if they do you bad, God hates ugly. Yeah. Also, like, I don't know why people think that, like, you have to work your 20s, like, and they think in their 30s they can have a good life. In your 30s, you're probably going to be having kids and you will not be able to go on vacation and your bones are going to be hurting. So, um, you better go skydiving now. You better do all your dreams now. Hadda, like, why are you 30, 40? I'm sorry, but our parents can barely enjoy themselves. They're old. Like, what? Mm-hmm. They're old. The joints are hurting. Please, please, the best time. Yeah. Please don't do that to yourselves. Please. Yeah. Don't yeah. do skydiving, though. <laughs> no, definitely do skydiving and do it with me. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Disturbing Your Peace. We're so glad to have had you, Najma. Thank you for bringing some love and light into my early, early morning. Um, is there anything else you guys would like to add? Um, honestly, I'd say thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, not a morning person, so I'm surprised how I'm actually functioning right now. But thank you so much for the opportunity. I loved it. Just remember, guys, please. Hustle life, it really isn't it. Find a balance, please. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Stay safe. Bye.